This is a tripod broadcast. Well, let's start recording, so... We just did. Okay, cool. I think this is a key show to listen to because it's... It's it's uh, it's all about emotional masturbation. Yeah. <laughs> Journalistic integrity. It encapsulates everything that we're about. And I'm sorry. Now, <laughs> give that some thought. Yeah. With Addison... I can't be mad at you. You got a haircut. And Matt. I would recommend that you, you stop listening right now. <laughs> <coughs> about, yeah... So you can hear. Yeah, okay. it's fine. Well, it's, that's, no, it's good. Need. Maybe hit it to down, just a touch down. Just, just, just a touch. I like how you just feel free to touch the board now. It's. I mean, after almost it's not what, like it was four my years? job. Like I figured. Oh, I, should oh, I give you a rundown goodness. of this? Are you and Colin going to do an episode? I don't know. I haven't <laughs> heard anything from him. <laughs> if he if he comes, he comes. Whatever. Well, that, I, th- I think that's what most women have been with Donald Trump think. Zoinks! Humor. I don't, I, don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. Explain it to me in excruciating, excruciating detail. I don't want to get that dirty early in the show. Sure. Because if people listen to it, I want them to think, oh, like it's a great show. Like, yeah. It's nice. And then if they make it all the way, you know, yeah. they make it an hour and 10 in, then, you know, the dicks and farts come out. Yeah. You wouldn't want to turn off no, actually, the listener right at the beginning of the, of the program. I was actually going to ask you You, you want to make the dick joke, but not explain it. Can I pay you? I mean, I know I can always pay you, but can I pay you? Like, let's work out a network deal uh-huh. where it's in your contract. <laughs> you know where this is going? Where you never do your Trump impersonation again. Okay, let's 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 th- let's think about it from the point of view of the network. And this is just like they did to Howard Stern for years on Terrestrial Radio. Sure, sure. It, these are things that you want to do that you think the audience appreciates. Okay, and and we as CBS was to Howard Stern are making a decision that is best for the program and for you to continue in employ here. Mm-hmm. So wrong. <laughs> Don't be rude, okay? Please. I'm begging you. Like we can work out a very handsome no, no. <laughs> Just no. Why? Why must you do these things? That would be a terrible trade deal. Okay. <laughs> WNBC. Have you ever watched his movie? It's very interesting. Private uh, parts. No, no, I have not. I have no interest in Howard Stern. Really? You? you he have, paved the way for. You realize you he paved the way for us to do what we're doing right now for Howard Stern, and not not a, what we do now. No. Yes. I don't think so. Yeah, he did. By what? What moving? Mo- he he moved to XM Satellite Radio five years after people started doing podcasts. That, you realize that wasn't that long ago. That was ten years ago. Maybe. If you look at audio radio, uh-huh. which ev- podcast is an evolution of radio. Yeah. Okay, you'll concede that. And if you look at what Howard St- Howard Stern did for radio and a- as an art form, and and. Who he was, mm. and the show that he was, I, and the I, syndication that he got, and the way that he changed the way we look at radio, uh-huh. and the ability to say whatever you want. Here's I th- here's, I here's think, the reason why. I think a compelling here's the reason argument why could be made. You think what you think, and I think what I think on this in this scenario. What's the reason? Because you've seen the propaganda movie, Howard Stern propaganda movie, Private Parts. And I have not. It's his own person. It's his own movie. No, that's. I thought that before that. But it's still. It's still him painting a picture of how great and awesome he was. Like that. Of that, course. That is one of the reasons why I do not like Howard Stern is because of the ego. 
because it's all ego. It's all him, and he surrounds himself with a bunch of people. Oh, what other famous people do you like that aren't that aren't like that? I'll wait. I don't well, like famous. people. Me and the listeners will wait for a. I don't for a like list. famous people. I've I've gone on record on this podcast before to you at but length I'm just saying, about like, how much I hate say... celebrity celebrity cultures and in the type of of, yeah. of, of of terrible terrible go, ideologies that it that I know it, their own sex cults produces the thing is <laughs> no but no but it's 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 a it's a cult of personality in which an ego is fed and then that ego continues just throws money at people who then continue to feed that ego and that if you look at all the people who are on the Howard Stern show are there people who challenge him? Are there people who he has interesting conversations with? Maybe interesting conversations. No, but, but are there I, people would, who challenge would him? Would you no, expect people to challenge him on the Howard Stern show? I would. I would it's th- his show. I, I would. I would think that if you want to do a, a good content, you wouldn't just just like Robin Quivers. She's her whole, whole career is laughing at his stupid white penis and yes. giggling at it. Yes, that, that's that's all she's done for thirty years is be a a a, a yes man. Uh, ha, 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 ha. You show right, Howard. That's what she's been, and that's that's what's what she's wrong been. with that. I'll tell you, but I'll, she's I'm, uh, that, what's wrong with that? Okay, well, I mean, black stereotypes. She's just she's just oh, being a black on, stereotype, please. Uh, but I'll she's tell you this, Uncle Tom. I'll tell you this. Wow. <laughs> Whatever, Robin Quiver's not going to listen to this. Uh, she might. I'll tell you this, and I think I've said this on the show before. But if I haven't, I, well, and if I have, I know it's been a while. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you this. Howard Stern taught me a very important lesson. I remember the day like it was yesterday. I was in what is now my sister's room at my parents' house. Mm-hmm. And I had a small radio. Yeah. And this was, that. well, God, this must have been 15, you know, because this was when he was on regular radio. And I came in and I was flipping through the dial, you know, and, and unfortunately, I'm probably going to hell because I moved it off of one of the Christian stations. But, uh, Maybe my mom will intercede for me, but uh, <laughs> but but I I came across uh, at that point it was I think it was still the point one hundred five point seven here mm-hmm. in, locally it was what he, what he was on and he was syndicated nationwide and I remember listening and thinking like this is incredible like this yeah. this radio program is incredible and the style and just just everything about it and the woman that he had with him, Robin, who he was going back and forth with. I was, in my mind's eye, as a young man, listening to that program, was a white woman. Yeah. That's what I heard. Yeah. And and then when I finally figured, figured out, and this was several years later, when I looked up Howard Stern or whatever, or got back into him or whatever, and I realized Robin was black, it taught me a very important lesson about not seeing colors, man. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. <laughs> Fascinating. <laughs> if only, if only you had, you had remembered that lesson every time you come and in then, here and you spend the first fifty minutes of the preamble. Oh, of, inflating your before, racism, before not we mine. Talk, you know, before we come on, Mike. Oh, you're whatever. Just talking about how, you're you know, racist. The, the, all the terrible people of color that you work with and how how That's terrible not, they I are just because they're people of color. I don't believe that. They may have IQs that are twenty five percent lower than ours <laughs> on average. It doesn't matter. They're still people, okay? They may not share common ancestors with us. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Still people, okay? They're dumb people. No, I'm. I'm. I, I kid. But going back to uh, to what you had said before. Oh, I think I've got this pan down. <coughs> Hold on. Can I ask you a question? Sure. Well, you know Trekkie Monster upstairs. Uh huh. Well, he's Trekkie Monster, and you're Kate Monster. Right. 
You're both monsters. Yeah. Are you two related? What? Princeton, I'm surprised at you. I find that racist. <gasps> well, I'm sorry. I was just asking. Well, it's a touchy subject. No, not all monsters are related. What are you trying to say, huh? That we all look the same to you? No, huh? no, huh? no, huh? no. Oh, not at all. Oh, I'm sorry. I guess that was a little racist. I should say so. You should be much more careful when you're talking about the sensitive subject of race. Well, look who's talking. What do you mean? Shut this. Shut this the fuck off right now. Shut this the fuck off right now. Shut it off. <laughs> listen, listen. Everyone's a little bit racist, Matt. Are you familiar me. with the song? Enrages me. No, it, but this enrages me because ignorance <laughs> is not racist. When you don't know something and you're asking a question because you do not know, mm -hmm. it is not racist. Mm -hmm. If you're asking a question because you do know, but you want to goad, that is racist, okay? Mm -hmm. One thing is because of ignorance. It's it's a sin of omission. You mm -hmm. just, you, you don't know. Something is missing from the, the, the piece of the puzzle mm -hmm. of your knowledge. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it, 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 it's, the ignorance, I think, and what, something that people don't understand about the word ignorant is that ignorance means lacking of knowledge, okay? Mm -hmm. Also, it has a connotation of innocence, of innocence. So if yeah, because you, you didn't mean it. You are ask, you're, you're asking the question, oh, are all monsters <clears throat> related because your last name is monster or because you're both monsters? Does that mean you're related? Okay, he's asking it from a place of ignorance and innocence, not knowing that... And what what she's doing is actually even more racist because she's immediately believing that that person who's asking a perfectly innocent question is being racist mm -hmm. and therefore at treating them like a racist, mm -hmm. which then puts them on the defensive. Mm -hmm. it's, this whole, it's the whole thing with 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 the alt right and 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 now for ten years we've had this political correct culture where you can't say gay and you can't if you're not gay you can't say gay or if you're not queer you can't say queer if you're not a nigger you can't say nigger, okay. Mm -hmm. Nigga, sorry, all our black listeners. But but it's put us in this. Hold on, hold on. We we should actually pause so the phone can ring off the hook from all of them. Hold, just wait, hold on, just wait. Um. Hmm. You can probably. Let me make check my well, phone. Make sure on. I don't have it on airplane mode. Yeah. Nope. Okay. Full bars. Yeah. No calls, huh? This is weird. Yeah. Uh, should we go or should we? Like no, go? no. We can keep going. Keep going. <laughs> um. So, so it's you're 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 you're, you're what you're you, what you're doing instead of understanding the situation, and mm -hmm. that's that's one of the things is 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 every situation is unique yeah. when it comes to mm. which is why which is why it's such a touchy subject. You see, yeah. because since every. Every situation is unique. There is no clear-cut answer because it comes down, political correctness comes down to well, how does the other party feel, the mm -hmm. other person feel about whatever subject it is? How do they feel? I have to first, before engaging in with them at all, knowing them at all, if a stranger on the street, before knowing them at all, I have to immediately gauge age, race, occupation, Sexual orientation, and I have to ho totally sidestep all and hold those, that and, yeah, and then approach this person who who I have 
no understanding of, right? Without them getting offended, right? And since since it's a touch, it's a touchy subject because every situation is unique, yeah. But when you come at it from from saying immediately attacking somebody from for asking a question from a place of ignorance, once again with the implication of innocence, yeah. Then it's it's ridiculous, and they're teaching this children. This is a children's program, right? Now. Children. No, everyone's a little bit racist. I think it's from the Book of Mormon. Isn't it? The song? I don't know. Do you know what the Book of Mormon is? Yeah, I, yeah I've never seen it. By Trey Parker and Matt Stone. <coughs> Heroes of yours. Anyway. Um, yeah. Well, back to, back to the issue of, uh, when you talk about touchy subjects, back to the issue of you know ignorant questions and questions being asked in ignorance. So, for example, if I were to say, why do all black people only care about shoes? Yeah. That's 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 innocent, but not that's all black not racist, but not all black. But you, see, you know, <laughs> do I? <laughs> you already know. You're not coming from a place of ignorance. You're coming from a place where that's a stereotype. But they're teaching this to children, and when a children asks a question about a, a four year old, five year old, six year old asks a question about race, they're not coming from it with, uh, you know, their their own understanding of the situation. Yeah, knowing. Like as you just said about the sneakers, is that <laughs> knowing that's a touchy subject, knowing that's a stereotype, and then you're exploiting that for laughter, okay? Right. It's funny. I right. think it's funny. Right. People should think it's funny. Right. Just like, you know, uh yep, well, the guy in a polo and slacks, white, 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 white guy uniform. <laughs> exactly. Right. So the the thing that I always used to do at work to and it was weird because I, I would do this because the job that I just but hold left, on, hold on, hold oh, on. Go ahead. Before you go on. But what I'm saying is they're teaching, right, this is a children's program. Yeah. So these children, I don't think it is. I think it's from the Book of Mormon. Okay, well, <laughs> be that it is may. When you teach a child something like that, uh, they're coming and asking these questions from a place of ignorance. So you're immediately t- showing, telling them, and showing them that it's wrong to ask questions from a place of ignorance. To simply uh, assume everybody is going to be offended by everything. Oh, it's from the musical Avenue Q. And when. Okay, yeah, yeah. But that it's was by a uh, Tony Award-winning musical. Yeah, Avenue Q is a, is a show. By Jeff Whitty. Is a, uh, a Broadway show about puppets with AIDS <laughs> that live in the ghetto. <laughs> not joking. I'm not joking. So it's a rethought version of Rent? I don't. It's Rent, but with puppets and uh, more gays. More gays than yep. Rent? More, more nudity. Are there more gays than Rent? More nudity. Um, and uh, uh, However, they don't have to worry about uh, about you know the Rent. Because they live on Avenue Q. Interesting. Um, what was I going to say a second ago when you cut me off? I don't know. Some, oh, another some... thing at work that I would do, that I would diffuse it with, and mm-hmm. w- with a lot of luck, because because you could tell that these people knew that it was a stereotype about white people, yeah. especially in this, and you, you'll know exactly when I say it, like you, you'll know exactly that that's true in this area, because, you know, I would say something about, you know, Oh, blacks in their sneakers or whatever it was, yeah. you know, little joke that I had, you know, people be like, oh, you know, it's so racist or whatever. And I'd be like, I'd be like, you know, don't look at us. We're all over here doing heroin, you know? Yeah. And, and, and you could, you could see like people would be like, oh shit. Yeah. You guys really do do a lot of that. Or, or methamphetamines. <laughs> like, exactly. You know? Yeah. <laughs> we, we do an awful lot of Starbucks meth, coffee, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> and, and so that was my way of saying like, it's not a race thing for me. I'm saying this because I think it's funny to poke at certain things that certain races are maybe stereotyped for yeah. while I'm still willing to laugh at the fact that, 
hey, a lot of white people <laughs> die from heroin and opioids, you know? Yeah. Like, so well, see, but here's the thing: we all have our foibles, right? Mm-hmm. And what we what we don't understand is well, that, I don't I'm, is that I'm the perfect almost specimen. everything when it comes to race is a bell curve. Yeah. Are, you, are you familiar with the bell curve? I am. Listeners, do you know what a bell curve is? It's the it's the curve of an average, right? And it looks if you just graph it, it looks like a bell. Okay, is that it's hold on? The, it's called is the, that why it's called the bell yes, curve? Yes, it's called the bell curve. <laughs> the reason being is that the top of the bell, you have the majority 95 percent of of the people. Okay. Mm-hmm. And at 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 the the end and at the beginning of the bell mm-hmm. of the of the curve thirty five percent of the graft mm-hmm. you have your two three five percent okay down there at the end and it looks like a bell and so with every group of people you have averages right mm-hmm. and then outliers with every group of people in every conceivable income IQ okay uh uh crime rates okay it's a it's it's a bell curve. And when you realize that stereotypes are funny because most people are like that, <laughs> right? I'm, I'm like that, okay? Most people are like the average, and it's, it's the only the people on the margins, on the, the outliers, uh, that, that are, uh, are different. So we can make fun of the foibles of the average without completely... Um, casting aside the people who are the outliers, okay? Mm-hmm. Right, right. Neil deGrasse Tyson, black nuclear physicist, or not nuclear, but astrophysicist, right? right. Cosmologist, okay? Yes, uh, uh, black people have uh, about 15, 15 points lower IQ than the rest of the world, okay? Fact. Yeah. For the margins. But this guy's got 200 plus IQ, okay? He's an outlier. So to say, most black people are about t- ten or fifteen points lower IQ than than the rest of the population is a true statement, but uh, that is not a statement that implies all black people are stupid. So back to my original point: when we when we take the race or the sex or the gender or the orientation argument, and we immediately make it defensive. We don't make it about teaching about differences, and we don't make it about per- certainly we don't make it about personal uh, accomplishment. We make it all about this group has felt marginalized for this long, therefore everyone in that group is entitled to this, and not make it about the ind- compliment the accomplishments of the individual, no matter orientation, sex, or race or gender. Okay. Mm-hmm then what we do is we immediately lump everybody together and everybody feels, once they're lumped together, that it's their side versus everybody else. So it's black people against white people. It's men against women. It's straight against uh, against gay. Mm-hmm. Okay? And all you do is fight. And then what... what and now we've gotten to the point where we're, we're tired of fighting, but we're at the treaty table. White people and gay people and black people in America are all at the table of the peace treaty. And what we're doing now is, we've been doing it for five years, is slinging mud at everybody else on the other side of the argument about terms of surrender. Listen, you're not going to get rid of black people in America. You're not going to get rid of white people in America. You're not going to get get rid of women or men or gay or straight. This doesn't at all sound like an America I want to live in. 
you all have to we have to learn how to how to how to work together. Women, right? gays, and blacks would be my top three <laughs> that I want to get rid of. Maybe I'd take two out of three. I'm kidding, by the way. <laughs> so instead of saying, okay, you know what? We're just gonna choose to not be offended. We're gonna choose to live our lives yeah. uh in, in a in a way that that doesn't care about what the other person next to me thinks. It definitely doesn't care about what he, they say. I'm gonna do me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Instead of doing that, and then and going, everybody being successful, going down that road to personal accomplishments. Yeah. All we're doing is fighting over uh, terms of of surrender against who can say what and who can do what and who should do what. Yeah. And it's not going to get anybody anywhere. It's going to make everybody angrier and angrier at everybody else. And, uh, you know, that that's how I think that's now we're going to conspiracy angle. That's how our government wants it to be. Literally, that's how our government. We, we know that the government controls the, the military industrial complex and the deep, deep state in this country and in most other countries control the media and Hollywood. And where does our culture come from? It comes from the media and Hollywood. CNN is, is just a projection of the deep state military industrial complex, as is Harvey Weinstein. Okay. And, and and activists today, this Me Too hashtag. Oh, that's been for like two weeks, man. I, I know, but 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 friends and family of mine we have posted with that hashtag. We didn't record last week. Let me tell you about this Me Too hashtag. That's true. We didn't. Matt let, was sickly. Let me, I'm I'm still pretty sickly, but let me tell you about. <laughs> he this. had to come on the mics and bring the truth. <coughs> there me, it is. Let me tell you about this Me Too hashtag. Uh-huh. Okay. First off, it's fine. People want to emotionally masturbate on social media. That's fine. Yeah. Okay. Uh, find your friends. Get some solidarity. Get some comfort. Support groups. Those are great things to do. And victims should do those things. People who have been victimized. I don't know. No. I don't want to use the word victims. Because uh-huh. victims uh, implies perpetuity. Uh-huh. People who have been victimized. Right. If you're a victim, that is your choice. Right. Your choice. If you've been victimized. If you've been victimized and have been yeah. a victim and been a past or a victim in the past, that's not something you control. But yeah. if you continue to be a victim, that is your choice. No one else's. And your fault. No one else's. Uh, people can prey on you, but if you let yourself be preyed upon, then you're not a victim. Yeah. And this is going to be controversial. People aren't going to like this. But an 18, 19-year-old young woman on Harvey Weinstein's casting couch is not a victim. Is Harvey Weinstein a terrible pervert and should burn in all the seven hells? Absolutely. Yeah. He's a bad person. He's evil. <laughs> From what I understand, he's, he's, he's not nice. Not somebody you would want to invite to a cocktail party. But those women on that casting couch know what time it is. And they know that they're about what, what they do, mm-hmm. either... They get a career or they don't. They become a star or they don't. And so you're making, you are making a. Uh, yeah, but also isn't the system a little bit hold, hold set on. up? So I, that's I, the way. That's, that's it, my next point. That's my okay. next point. Okay. Okay. You are making yourself a victim. However, however, the system itself has set up. Right. In order to make sure that that is what happens. Right. It's because rich men control Hollywood. Rich men control Hollywood. And what do rich men do? They have sex with literally anything that they can. <laughs> like, every man every man in his head has a checklist. 
and it may be subconscious. We may call them fetishes or the things that really do it for us and really turn us on. But we have a listener ahead of if we had a million dollars. <laughs> Tesla. And if you had if you another had, Tesla, <laughs> if you had all the money in the world, yeah, what would you do? Like, what would you and your penis do? <laughs> what kind of things would you get down? If on? I had no conscience, if, if I had, had no, no moral backbone, oh, yeah. First off, you beha- became a wealthy person. Okay, yeah, you became a wealthy person in politics or in Hollywood. Th- those being a wealthy person by no means makes you evil. But being a wealthy person in politics, or successful, I should say, in politics or Hollywood, does. Especially if you're a man. Because you have had to compromise at certain points in order to get where you are and attain the power that you are. And now you're using that power as leverage over people who have don't have the uh, safety structure that you have around you, and you're preying on them. Harvey Weinstein is an evil, manipulative son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. But the women who were on his casting couch were victimized, but they're not victims unless they choose to stay and perpetuate their victimhood. They got what they wanted out of the situation. Okay? They well, got to be a star. I don't Jennifer think it's Lawrence, fair to say that Jennifer because... Lawrence, no, listen. Jennifer Lawrence was a nobody, a fugly, flat-chested, flat-faced, moon-faced, boyish-looking okay. ni- 19-year-old. And then she sucked Harvey Weinstein's dick, and now she's making twenty million a year, and people think she's beautiful. She's not. She is average as average as average can be. Okay. But she sucked the right dick, and now she's where she is. But is it? She is not a but victim. But it's unfair to she say that what she, she got what she wanted out of the situation. I think it's unfair to she say got that. Stardom. No, because it, what you, they wanted out of the situation was maybe a shot at an acting career without having to do that. Sure. So that's what I'm saying. It's un- it's a little unfair to say that they got what they wanted in the situation because in a perfect world, I would audition for a role as Addison Todd and you would see me for that role aside from, you know, you'll invite me to your hotel room at 2 a.m. Yeah. Right? Like that that wouldn't even be a part but of it. But we don't live in a perfect situation. Well. But, it's, but, it, but that's my, what I'm saying. It's unfair which, to say that they got what they wanted you, because they didn't want to do that. You're right. It is unfair. They is, wanted it is unfair. a it shot at this and... and <laughs> we're, I mean, I don't want to necessarily use the word victim, but we're, we're unfortunately, you know, a part of the system that demands sure. that for that. Yeah. If that's, if that's fair. No, you know what I, mean? I, I agree because, um, what we have now in Hollywood is a culture that is based on sex, right? Mm, yeah. Okay. I, so, I, I think every movie I've ever seen has referenced it in some way or another. Yes. Yes. Whether slightly or... Every commercial on. you've seen. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Almost every commercial you've seen. Yeah. In some way. Yeah. Right? Very slightly or or a whole bunch. <laughs> you know, uh, here's a pill for the skin condition so you can have confidence again. What does confidence mean? It means you're fuckable. Confidence means you think that you're fuckable. Okay. That's what confidence means. Yeah. Okay? Sex. We've used sex for three generations now. Now, think think about that. We've used sex to sell and make people interested in every conceivable product, every conceivable television show, movie, book, music, right? Yeah. Marketing. 
from the 1950s, I mean, 1950s and onwards. Look at the old ads from the 1950s. It's, it's all about sex, okay? In, in a culture... Thank you, Don Where Draper. All of our entertainment, 100% of our entertainment is inundated with the exception of like, you know, Thomas the t- freaking tank engine. No, there's okay. sexual themes in there. <sighs> he does go in and out of those tunnels a lot. <laughs> uh, I want Moana to be remade, only she's ugly. I mean, she's... 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 She's Pacific Islander, so she's ugly by default. We know that. Like, <laughs> no, but I mean, ugly. Like, I want ugly Disney princesses. Yeah. Uh, my son. We've started watching Frozen at my house uh-huh. because my wife makes terrible decisions for my kids. Yeah, and <laughs> she doesn't listen anymore. So I could, I could be true with who I am, Matthew. When, what he needs to um, be watching is World War II documentaries. Yeah, no shit, <clears throat> or Mad Men. Uh, <laughs> She started letting them watch Frozen, and my son is obsessed with Elsa. Like he literally, he literally talks about how beautiful she is. And this, this is the road that we're on. Your three-year-old, see, this my is this is sex, right? This is the sex in our culture. Your three-year-old son has a waifu, mm-hmm. has a two D wife, mm-hmm. right? Two D mm-hmm. girlfriend. <clears throat> but is it surprising to anybody? Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm the outlier here. Maybe I'm the idiot still stuck in the 19th century. Maybe I'm at fault. But does it strike anybody that it's really not that odd in politics in Hollywood in which vast amounts of power are concentrated among a very few people in a society in which sex is used to sell everything and is held up as the highest right, the ideal. Sex is how they act out. Sex <laughs> is held up as the highest ideal. Right. 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 That powerful men <laughs> That's how they act. act out sexually. <laughs> is it is it shocking to anybody else out there? Am I the only one that Bill Clinton and Tiger Woods and Charlie Sheen yeah. and David Duchovny and Ted Kennedy and Jack Kennedy and John F. Kennedy and, 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 Spacey and George Harvey Bush Weinstein and, and Harvey else, Weinstein yeah. and uh, Dan Holder Titer, she's a fighter, Schneider from the Nickelodeon channel. Is it any wonder that all these powerful men, once they get that power, they use it to play out their sexual deviancies? Is it is it surprising to anybody else? Yeah. And it's not the fact that Harvey Weinstein is a pervert. Because if you had, had that amount, I, I challenge any man listening, if you had that amount of power and that amount of sway and... Beautiful women around you all and the that time. that studio backing you, where you make and those that studio of decisions, you, right? Yeah. With the power not only of a billion dollar studio, but a trillion dollar U.S. military industrial complex, right? Mm-hmm. Remember the pe- the produce the high end producers in Hollywood running these studios. They're in league with the government, okay? <laughs> with the world government. Yeah, they're untouchable. Okay, Harvey Weinstein's never going to see a jail cell. He went to treatment. Ooh. <laughs> and good for him. But but is it any wonder? And, and, and so we take these powerful men, we give them everything they want, and then we have them grow up in, in a society that is just awash in sex, where sex is held as the highest ideal. Not love, not courage, not virtue, not loyalty, sex. Right? 
and getting the most sex that you can, the most value you can for your sexual dollar. Is it any wonder that these men do these things? It shouldn't surprise anybody at all. Because the problem isn't the Harvey Weinsteins of the world. The problem isn't the women being, sure isn't the women being victimized. The problem is the toxic culture that holds sex as the highest ideal. Yeah, I agree. So, I mean, or should I say, <coughs> me too? <laughs> that is, uh, I mean, I've been a victim of sexual discrimination. Well, not discrimination, but harassment, har- sexual harassment. I yes. have as well. Yeah. Uh, just as recently as this week, mm-hmm. this week, Matthew, I had a uh, a young man uh, text me and ask me if I've ever done anything with men before. Uh, to which I replied uh, a little <laughs> bit, and <laughs> no, and I was like no, and and he continued on for a little while. He actually kept it pretty civil. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was kind of like, well, if you ever want to, don't hit me up. And you were feeling <laughs> particularly gay. <laughs> well, and he's like, but he did push it a little bit because he's like, well, you know, you don't know if you've never tried. And I was like, mm. yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. And I was that's, like, and I told him, I was like, eh, but I don't really like cock. So that's one of the things that goes to sexual <laughs> sexual deviancy is 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 the and the the sex culture, right? Is that we've 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 let ourselves be fooled by this false logic of you don't know what you like until you've tried it, <laughs> which has turned our women into sluts and our men into whores. Yeah. Because now men have to have up, they have to have sex with all sorts of women, and as many women as they can before they settle down. And women have to do have this have sex with as many men and women as they can, mm-hmm. right? Think about that. Think about that. We live in a society in which temporary homosexuality is considered normal for women. Yeah. Oh, she slept with a couple 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 girls a couple times, yeah. but it's perfectly fine. <laughs> Whereas if a guy did that, like I mean, I mean, you ask a you ask a gay man if he believes we gotta get Kyle back on here. Yeah, we do. Uh, we you ask a gay <laughs> man if uh, and uh, believe me, I've had this conversation with Kyle before. Yeah. Um, if he think thinks people are bi. Yeah. No, no. He's like, no. There's no bi for men. <laughs> Women can be bi, sure, but he uh, he said this to me before. There's no bi for men. Yeah. You're either you're either straight or you're gay. Or you're transitioning from the one to the other. <laughs> and it's always straight to gay. Yeah. Like there is no bi. Okay. Yeah. It's you're anyway. Does he not think that you can pray the gay way? <clears throat> he does not. Maybe we should do like an eight hour marathon where we pray the gay way off of him. <laughs> <laughs> no. Kyle, if you're listening, I apologize. It was the easy joke. Anyway, I love you, brother. Um, what, what, um, what, 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 I had a thought that I was going. You've had a lot of thoughts, that. actually. With linked, linked back into the Harvey Weinstein stuff. Anyway, but uh, oh, women and sleeping with women. I think you the point you were making. Oh, um, yeah, it's I mean, accepted a, for them to sleep with a couple women. That just, I mean, or was just, that you were that's just that alluding yeah. to the degenerate nature of the culture that we live in now, in which yeah. that's considered uh, a perfectly normal thing for a woman to have done. Yeah, I think but, it's perfectly normal for guys but, too. But but the the. Rumcast 6.0, man. <laughs> no. Um, you don't know until you've tried it. I, I do know. I do know. <laughs> and that's that brings me back to the original point, is the, the, the false ideology, the false idea that that uh, you don't know what, what you don't like until you've, you've tried it. You don't want, know what you like until you've tried it. Yeah. Right? I, I know. <laughs> I know rubbing sandpaper on my eyeball 
directly to my eyeball. Yeah. I'm not going to like it. Never yeah. tried it, but I know I'm not going to like it. I know that refusing to hit the brake when I'm driving my car <laughs> and I see cars stopped in front of me and me not pushing the brake. Yeah. I know I'm not going to like it. And I've never tried it. I've always stopped or I've always tried to stop yeah. when I see a car stopped in front of me. But you, but you see, I know that I, automatically I'm not going to like it. Right. <laughs> there are some things in life that you know you're not going to like. Yeah. So what? Yeah. It doesn't mean you have to try everything. And so to say, you know, I man, I've never had sex with a redheaded girl before. Mm-hmm. I got to. Yeah, but see, I'm, but I'm why is that so irresistible? Because I was thinking brunette. about that the other I'm day. I'm dating this brunette and I have to have sex with a redhead or else I will never know. You know? But you never will. So it's color. Your your penis can't see her hair. Yeah, but it might be different. How? You never know. You, you're, it might be a little bit different. It might be. Or it might be way different, and you might like it better. Or you might like it worse. Or your wife might find out, and, and your marriage, <laughs> and your ch- children grow up without a father figure around, and they become violent alcoholics and prostitutes. <laughs> well, just like the rest of them. You know? I, uh, <laughs> couple of- and your line is ended, and you end up just like your dad. Is that what you want? Wow. Really, Matt? <laughs> I'm saying, man. <laughs> I'm saying, man, like... Is this like the show where I called you an alcoholic? Is this... I think that's been deep-seated for you, and you've been trying to find a way to... Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> well, you're still an alcoholic. Uh- <laughs> not right now, I'm not. It's true, actually. And and to Matt's credit, I said tonight, I was like, is there any rum in the house? And, and you know, I was hoping he was going to offer me some or whatever, or I wasn't sure if he'd had one yet or whatever. And and Matt said, he said, um, eh, I've got some in the refrigerator, Um but I haven't drank any, and I'm not gonna. This is a paraphrase, but you were like, you're like, I'm not gonna hit it, uh, you know, tonight because, uh, you know, I'll just if I do that, I'll just sit there and smoke a cigarette every 30 minutes, yeah. and then probably wake up tomorrow, and my throat will feel that much worse. I know it'll feel that much worse, and it's bad for my immune system. And I was like, look at this. Yeah, maybe you are the better half of the show, Matt. I've I'm, never entertained I'm that not, possibility, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm not the better half of anything. I'm just, I'm just, you know. <laughs> well, you're uh, the heavier half. Um, <laughs> I contain, uh, I contain sixty percent, sixty-five percent of the mass. You know, I'm two twenty-three. I weighed myself today. I'm two twenty-three. Really? Yeah, I'm fucking. I'm ballooning up, man. Holy crap! Okay, so I'm fifty-eight percent of the mass. <laughs> then I've been holding a steady two ninety. I oh my god, I'm catching up. This yeah. is not. I don't. I don't know what the deal is. Like I'm eating very little. Well, the last two days. Yeah. So I need to do that for like a week. Yeah. Which is going to be rough because obviously you know it's coming next week. It is winter time, you know. Stupidville. It is winter time. Speaking of that, actually, may I make an announcement, Matt? Sure. You know, you got to put on that winter weight. I was at my mom's earlier today doing some laundry, and uh, I noticed one of her cats, Kevin, like fifteen years old, but he always puts on like five, six, seven pounds every winter. And I, <laughs> I'm serious. Well, he's a big cat anyway. Think of like the biggest house cat you've seen. Yeah, he's that big. Yeah. Okay. And he'll put on like he'll he'll thirty percent of his body weight in the summer. He'll put that on in the winter and be like just huge every and then, winter. Then he'll lose it all. See, I can't. I need I need to lose so bad though. I'm so fat, man. Every morning when I wake up, I like and and I realize that it's tougher and tougher to see little Addison past my belly. Like it just gets yeah. Like it sinks in that much more for me how fat I am. 
you're not truly fat until you're lying completely on your back with your boner at full boner, 100% boner, <laughs> Can't your, see head, your head back without a pillow, <laughs> and if you just look up, you should be able to see the tip of your of, of, of the tip, old, your, yeah. tip of the old man. You should be, be able to see the crow's nest on the mast. Right. Is basically what I'm saying. Yeah. If you can't see it, you're too fat. Gotcha. Are you too fat? That was probably rude. Yeah, watch that. Don't stomp on the floor. <laughs> it was a reaction. I apologize, but your reaction was priceless. Because it was as if you phrased that, not thinking that I would ask, and then I asked, and you're like, no, no. We can't pass every test, can we? We can't. Some of them would fail. Anyways. Next week, Matt. And as of this program, which is being recorded at 11 14, 2017, year of our Lord, at about 8 p.m., Chestnuts roasting this show will go live on Thursday, November 16th. As you listen to it, Jack Frost nipping at this is Matthew, the official relaunch of my once a year campaign. Being sung by choir. It happens every year. It's annual now, three years running. Merry Pistmas. Merry Pistmas? Merry Pistmas. Every year we do this. Uh, Please follow us along on uh, Instagram at Merry Pistmas. We'll be doing uh, swag and merch deals all season long. It just brings you closer to your family. Wishing them a warm and beloved Merry Pistmas. It really is my favorite time of year just because of that. <laughs> I love it. It's five years ago. You hated you hated Christmas. It's true. Five years ago. It's true. Now, I found a beloved. You kind of like it because you have an angle on it that makes you happy about it. it, it that's exactly it. And you, like, you're the guy who watches... A Christmas Carol, uh-huh. and and roots for Scrooge the whole time. Oh, I so when we we'll go down to Branson next and like, week. When, when, and when we see the Christmas Carol play that they put on, mm-hmm. he's the only character I relate to. Yeah, yeah. Well, a couple of the ghosts, but mostly only. Him. Yeah. Like when he's going through the ghosts and like they're showing him ghosts of Christmas yep. future, yep. past, present. Yep. And you're like, you should not, you should be listening to those Jews. Oh, I know that's what you're thinking. <laughs> it's a lie. Many times, many uh, ways. I'm so, I'm so happy that I get to hit Christmas again. It's yep. here, Matt. It's here. It's fantastic. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be putting up some new shirts, some new designs. Uh, look for those coming at you. As a side note, I just want to say that <laughs> Nat King Cole probably has one of the best, most beautiful, buttery, smooth voices in mm-hmm. all of recorded history. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is Les Paul playing right now. Um, I'm not familiar. But Les Paul, sure. the, the famous guitar maker, gotcha. He, he basically invented how electric guitars were were used. Nice. Um, so listen to that. That voice is good. Mm. To kids from one to so soothing. It really is. It's like a cup of hot chocolate with some Baileys Although in it. Although it's been said <laughs> many times, like many a, ways, Merry Christmas. Like that feeling that shudder your body does when you sink into a nice warm bath with the temperatures absolutely perfect. Oh, I don't bath. 
Okay. Well. Anyways, we're back. And we're back. I couldn't be more excited. Merry Christmas. Also, uh, on a personal update, <clears throat> I won't give any details that aren't necessary, but uh, you may have heard me mention in my voice, uh, and as I mentioned earlier, it is 8.04 p.m., Matt. It is. And we're recording in Matt's we're already, apartment. We're already about 30 minutes into recording. We are. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, I actually got here probably, what, 6.45? Yeah. Uh, and that's because I have a new job. On a Tuesday evening. On a Tuesday evening. <laughs> yeah, we used to record Wednesdays after I'm done watching my kids. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I have a new job. I work 8 to 5 now. It's awesome. <laughs> good for you. It is. It is good for me. And hopefully good for my family. A real job. And hopefully it pays the bills. Well, I've always had a real job. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that's that's what's new with me. Uh, it's 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 different. Uh, like I said, I won't go into a whole lot of detail of it, but uh, you know, I I think uh, I think long term, it's it's really going to be something that I'm going to enjoy being a part of. Yeah. So uh, I got a couple other things. Unless you got something, Matt. No. No. All right. Oh, I wanted your take on a couple of these. Uh, actually, I, I actually made some notes here. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I'll let you rant about this one, uh, or maybe you already did. Uh, what's going on with Roy Moore? Stupid cold. Sorry. No, you're fine. Um, I don't know how, a whole lot about the Roy Moore situation, um, except what I've heard from pundits mm-hmm. on the radio. Oh, that's right. You listen to the radio now, don't you? Well, I mean, I've always listened to talk radio, but yeah. But I, more now because your car. More, but but also also not as much as you think because there's a lot of times when I just drive in silence. I've been doing that a little bit. If I don't, so about the only podcast I'm listening to is the Adam and Dr. Do show. They do one show a day. It's about 40 minutes long. Mm-hmm. And if I've completed it or whatever, like I, I, I like sometimes it's just, it's just me yep. and the ambient road noise. Yep. And I like it because it, it's, you know, no distractions. I'm not picking up my phone, right? Mm-hmm. I'm just doing something mindless and my thoughts are my own. Okay. Yeah. <coughs> but what I have heard about Roy Moore is that he's pretty disgusting. <laughs> um, hanging out uh, like at malls, trying to pick up teenage girls at the mall. Like this is somebody in his forties trying to do that. Um, I don't think that's what happened. Is that what happened? Uh, the, uh, allegedly, that's what has. Oh, has, really? I thought has, you were making a joke. Is that really no, allegedly no, what well, happened? Well, allegedly, um, he has been. Uh, um, we're, I'm gonna I'm gonna put Roy Moore into Google. And we're gonna click on the first thing that pops up. I haven't looked at it yet. We're gonna click on the first thing that pops up and read it. Deal. Okay. All right. Allegedly, oh, he's, New York Times. he's been creeping. Uh, he's been known to creep around malls trying to pick up teenage sluts. Well, we all know that malls are the place Moore to pick up. Over and began groping me and putting his hands on my breast. Oh my! Autoplay I tried videos. I opened my car door to leave, but he reached over and he locked it so I could not get out. I tried fighting him off. This is the fifth woman to accuse the Senate candidate Roy Moore of sexual misconduct. These women allege that Moore pursued sexual and romantic relationships with women when they were teenagers and he was in his 30s. Not a huge gap, let's be honest. Yeah. The Senate's top Republican is urging Moore to quit the Alabama Senate race. I think he should step aside. Or do you believe these allegations to be true? I believe the women, yes. That's Mr. McConnell. Moore has vehemently denied the allegations. To be attacked for allegations of sexual misconduct contradicts my entire career in law. 
That's true. I have not been guilty of sexual misconduct with anyone. Moore says he does remember two of the women. So you do remember these girls. Would it be unusual for you as a 32-year-old guy to have dated a woman as young as 17? Not generally, no. If I did, you know, I'm not going to dispute anything, but I don't remember anything like that. Pause, 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 pause. Not generally, no. Side, totally sidestepping, refusing to take, taking responsibility, not saying yes, not saying no. And always giving him an, a, a a loop. That's what you can tell. Guilty people do that all the time. Yeah. Not generally. No. Uh, I don't remember. Yeah. Okay. That's if some if if someone accused me of sexual it's a harassment. Guilty cue. Yeah. If somebody accused me of sexual harassment. Yeah. There's only two answers to that allegation. Yes, I did it. No, I did not. Well, and there's also not generally no. No, 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 no. That's not one. No, well, that's one of the answers. Nope. Yeah. That's not one of the answers. Like when you go to a deposition and they say, uh, you you know, there's a certain way that you have to answer on the record. They say there's three answers that are acceptable. Yes, no, and not generally no. That's what what they tell you, man. Seriously? No, I'm fucking kidding. Oh, my God. I I don't know. I've never been in a deposition before. Neither have I, but (laughs) I nailed it. You sold it quite well. You sold it quite well. And usually we can see past each other's sarcasm and, and BS, but you did get me in that time. Well played, sir. He just Let's move at me past with the it. Face. Let's move past it. I looked at you with my go- with my go- with my gormless face. I know. He had no idea. Move past it. Ladies and gentlemen, 11, 14, 2017, Matt Hume believed that there were three answers allowed into deposition. Those being yes, no, and not generally no. <laughs> this is the greatest show in the history of defensive thought. This is ridiculous. Stop. Stop. Move past it. I can't. <laughs> Listen. He believed it. Listen, stop. You're going to totally ruin this point. People want to hear what I have to say. My opinion is valued on the internet. Do they okay. now? <laughs> hey, they, they, they've all lost all respect for me intellectually, but they still want to hear what I have to say. <laughs> no, but Okay, so when somebody accuses yeah. you of sexual harassment, yeah. of, of rape, of groping right. them, of whatever. <laughs> there are two answers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did it. Yeah. No, I didn't. Not generally, no. And not generally, no. <laughs> but but you could always tell guilty people and liars because they do that. An innocent man would say, nope, didn't do it. A category deny that any of this occurred. Yeah. Okay. Or it's possible he'd say not generally no. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes the good liars yeah. say that too. Yeah. I.e., Bill Clinton. Mm-hmm. I did not have sex. I categorically categorically deny. I will say okay. this one more time. He said in that right? famous interview. Yeah, right. Yeah, the press conference. He his his strategy was denial, denial, denial. Because he's a good liar. Unlike Roy Moore, who's like not generally no. <laughs> Should we play the rest of this video? Remember. I don't remember. That's yeah. what that's what people who are guilty say. Yeah. You know. Yeah, you're right. Uh, let's see. It says the caption on the screen says Moore is no stranger to controversy. He was twice removed as chief justice of the Alabama Supreme Court after he refused to follow the law because his beliefs on gay marriage and the public display of the Ten Commandments. Now, see, here's the thing. Pause it again. <laughs> In Alabama, that's fine uh-huh. because that's what most of the state believes. Yeah. Okay. It's, they it, also believe you can sleep with your cousin, though, which is, I guess, the 11th commandment. Yeah, that's a joke. We'll move past it. 
Um, they, they, the, the, the most of the constituents in that state believe that gay marriage is wrong. Therefore, that state shouldn't have to have gay marriage laws. They shouldn't if they if they want to make keep gay marriage illegal, they should be allowed to do it because the vast majority of the people who live in Alabama believe that way. Yeah. So that gay couple should move to Massachusetts. I know it seems insensitive, but you see, this is the way the world works. If the vast majority of people around you want things to be X, and you say, no, it needs to be Y, it needs to be Y, and you scream louder than all the people around you who say, well, come on, just... We all want it to be X. You're the only one who wants it to be Y. And just because you scream the loudest, everybody else has to have it Y too? No, that's wrong. That is not a democracy. Mm-hmm. And th- that's just not fair. Like, if we're going after something called fairness, if we're trying to be have a, an egalitarian society here, which supposedly is what this PC culture is all about, then the people in Alabama should be able to marry their cousins and, and and not if they're the same sex and 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 <laughs> keep uh, gay marriage illegal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That should be they should be allowed to do it if the vast majority of people in that state think it's it that it should be that way. Right. Now people from <clears throat> Alabama can't go to California and see be like, hey, uh, the age of consent is now fourteen, and you can marry your cousins, guys, because we do it over here this way, so you have to do it that way too. Yeah. Right. That's the whole reasons why we have states. So if you're a huge proponent of gay marriage and you, you, you're a gay couple in Alabama and <laughs> you absolutely have to get married, it's, it's what's going to keep you happy, it's, it's what you feel that you deserve and mm-hmm. is your right, then that is absolutely fine. You are a, citizens of, a citizen of the United States of America and you have that right. Just not in Alabama. Right. You have it in California. You have it in New York, in Florida. Just You don't have it in Alabama and that's fine. That's fine. That's totally fine. That's why states are the way that they are. Yeah. Same thing with weed. Same thing with weed. Yep. If weed was something that was important to me enough, I could go to California. I could mm-hmm. go to Oregon. Then, okay? you, then you'd turn I'd into our Washington. West Coast correspondent. I could go, Col- <laughs> sh- go to Colorado. Okay? Mm-hmm. But it's not that important to me that I'm going to move because of it. Yeah. <clears throat> so, so, so anyway, so that, that huge tangent aside... This Roy Moore stuff, uh, he's a terrible pervert. He shouldn't run for office. Um, if the people of Alabama, he, I mean, he's going to run. He's probably going to lose. But if the people of Alabama want him to be I think congressman. Win, to be honest. Like, uh, apparently a lot of Alabama is saying, yeah, there's like, a split in the Republican. I don't believe that, that he'd do it. There's, there's a split in the Republican Party about it. So I think it's... So it's another one of those Todd Akin type things where... It's one of those positions where, yeah, all, of a, sudden, all yeah. of a sudden, every, all the powerful, like... Who's who? Federal level of Republicans are all pulling their support away from him, mm-hmm. and he can't win. Why? If, if you get that? You, are they just jealous they didn't get to? Ultimately, hit on it's not. It's not 30. the votes. It's the people buying the votes. Yeah. And so, Mitch McConnell coming out and 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 saying, uh, "I believe the one Roy Moore yeah. should step down." Yeah. That means all his PAC money has now been pulled out. Yeah. And his commercials and these have things are stopped expensive running. to run yourself. And his commercials have stopped running. I've heard, yeah. Okay, which means he's only getting, uh, when he does town halls and public, ins- when he does his stump speeches on the road, right? He's yeah. only getting those people. <coughs> anyway, that point aside, he shouldn't run for office. 
he shouldn't be elected. Um, just from his mannerisms and what I've heard him say and what I've understood the situation, the dude's acting like he's guilty. Um, he's probably going to be proven guilty. Uh, however, it's a very, very convenient um, excuse uh, to fill the airwaves with uh, of of the nation with a bunch of fluff, as opposed to talking about Vault Eight. As opposed to talking about Vault Eight, as opposed to talk about we're going to talk about Vault Eight, Julian Assange, and the Donald Trump and Donald Trump Jr. Yeah, I actually just saw he hold tweeted on, hold on oh, as sorry. opposed to talking about what's going on between Lebanon and Saudi Arabia right now. Uh huh. Uh, Israel and Saudi Arabia are getting ready to go to war with Lebanon and go to war with re- with Lebanon for real. Um, Lebanon has only been, I mean, Israel tried to invade Lebanon in 2006 and Iran sent a bunch of Hez- Hezbollah that. fighters into Lebanon and pushed them back. However, Israel wants Lebanon and they're going to push into Lebanon with the aid of Saudi Arabia, which is all the stuff about Saudi Arabia that's been happening lately, Right. This helicopter that was shot down that had like the third in line for the, the throne and arresting um, like one of the Saudi princes and all this other stuff. That's getting rid of anybody who questions Saudi Arabia's, Saudi Arabia's loyalty to Israel. Mm-hmm. A much bigger, much bigger scenario because it moves that, that Israel Samson option doomsday clock just a little bit closer to midnight and makes the war between Iran and the U.S. by proxy, i.e. Israel by proxy, that much closer. Not Would even, you say not that even the threat about, level is midnight? Yes. <laughs> not even talking about what's been happening in uh, the South China Sea with, I mean, the past year we've had uh, four incursions of our destroyers with, uh, with other ships run, running aground, accidentally, you know, smashing into other ships and, and causing damage in the ship. Like we're in a proxy war in the South China Sea with China right now. Like we're at war with a lot of countries you just don't even hear you don't hear about it <laughs> on the airwaves. Hmm. Interesting. Uh Vault 8. <clears throat> so the the tweet that I just saw uh, 9 hours ago Julian Assange says, Dear at Donald Trump Jr., our offer of being ambassador to the U.S. still stands. I could open a hotel-style embassy in D.C. with luxury immunity suites for whistleblowers. The public will get a turbocharged flow of intel about the latest CIA plots to undermine democracy. DM me. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's going on with Vault 8, Matt? So does this has, have anything to do with Paradise Papers? I believe so. I'm not super uh, into the Vault 8 stuff. But the uh, release of the Paradise Papers did implicate a lot of people in Saudi Arabia, specifically how people in Saudi Arabia were funneling money to um, to Hezbollah and some other groups Israel doesn't like. That's all been put the kibosh on right now. Um, so the the warring factions in Saudi Arabia that were vying for power to this way or the other way um, have now been finally quashed. Um the uh, I'm I'm not oh, I'm not super. I haven't read uh, anything any of the Vault Eight Vault Eight stuff. Um, oh really? No, we'll have to talk about it next week. No, not really. <coughs> the Paradise Papers, which were a part of that, no, they weren't a part of that. It was a separate leak. Um, the Paradise Papers, though, heavily implicate um, Huma Abedin and Saudis. 
What are the um, Paradise Papers? It was 1.4 terabytes of... Did you not hear about this last week? No. 1.4 terabytes... I had, had a busy effing week, man. ...of stuff that was just dumped um, relating to a lot of Middle Eastern... International Consortium of Investigative Journalists. What? Yeah. Paradise Papers. What? Anyway. Um, yeah, it turns out uh, Huma Abedin's been working... Uh, 13.4 million confidential electronic documents... Relating to offshore investments that were leaked to the German newspaper Sedici Zitung. The newspaper shared them with the International Consortium of Investigative Journalists. Some of the details were made public on the 5th of November. Documents originate from the offshore law firm Appleby, the corporate <clears throat> services providers, Estera and Asia Trust. Uh, the business registries in 19 tax jurisdictions. They contain names of more than 120,000 people and companies. Among those who were financials, whose financial affairs are mentioned separately, Prince Charles and Queen Elizabeth, President of Columbia. Juan Manuel Santos and U.S. Secretary of Commerce Wilbur Ross at 1.4 terabytes in size. This is second only to the Panama Papers in 2016 is the biggest data leak in from? history. Where is this from? WikiLeaks. Or this is from uh, Wikipedia. Uh, see, they don't they don't mention anything about Saudi Arabia and Huma Abedin, which was was to me that was the biggest the biggest part is that we have this clear connection now from the Saudi royal house to Huma Abedin as somebody who is working for them. Even before she started working for Hillary Clinton, she was working for Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. And then she got married uh, uh, a powerful politician. She became uh, the right-hand man of one of the most powerful women in the country and one of the most powerful politicians in the country, mm-hmm. Secretary of State, mm-hmm. right? Had access to the Obama White House, right? It's funny. The front page of Google doesn't mention Saudi Arabia at all. Yeah. Funny that. Oh, I- a couple of links refer to uh, the Paradise Papers showing that the GOP is dishonest with its tax money. And how how uh, Saudi Arabia was funneling money to the Clinton Foundation. Now that the Saudi... No, are you serious? Hold on. See, now that now that the Clinton Foundation is kaput because she doesn't have the power anymore, um, the people who are backing her as part of the, those factions... Now, Huma Abedin's been turned over, right? Not turned over as in she's not arrested, but... She's done. She's she's dead in the water, right? She's a she's a dead lead for people with money, i.e., the oil of the Middle East, to funnel right. into the Clinton Foundation, right? And to help steer Hillary Clinton and the Democratic Party in a way that would please certain members of the Saudi royal family. You have the Mandalay Bay incident, in which the top four floors of the Mandalay Bay are actually a Four Seasons hotel slash resort that's owned by the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia, right? We talked about that. So we have that whole kerfuffle. It leads me to believe that that certain elements of the Trump administration, i.e., how do I put this? Uh, people who are of the Hebrew persuasion mm-hmm. in the Trump White House, and there's ah, a lot Jews. of them. There's a lot of them. Yeah. Um, people who light menorahs instead of Christmas trees. Jews. Right? Yeah. Um, people who like to pass over instead uh-huh. of pass under. Uh-huh. Jews. Um, you know, people who are chosen as opposed to people who are not chosen. Oh, Jews. There are a lot of those in the Trump White House. <laughs> and it seems to me as though yeah. certain a certain element within the, the Trump White House has now done everything it can to get rid of the elements of Saudi Arabia... Mm-hmm. Which uh, people are going to laugh at me when I say this, but 
Saudi Arabia and Israel are cousins, right? They're part of the same family. And they work together, and they have been working together since the 1960s. Okay? So the whole uh, Iranian revolution, and uh, like, it's... I mean, you look you look at the history of the Middle East over the past 50 years, and it's all about Israel consolidating power. And especially in the 80s and 90s, when you have all the Saudi oil coming on board, that's that's when you have that... They're cousins now. They're family. Okay? So, Israel wants to get rid of anybody in Saudi Arabia, where i.e. where all the money is. <laughs> yeah. Anybody <laughs> who is anti-Israel... Or anti greater Israel, Israeli expansion in the Middle East, get them out. And they've done that. And they did that with the prince who was arrested, the prince whose helicopter crashed and killed him and six members of his family, and the Mandalay Bay incident, which was a lot messier than they thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. So, who do you think they killed at Mandalay Bay? I think they killed Stephen Paddock, but they killed also members of. Uh, whoever was running those running those guns to uh, top people, well, people in the U.S. Mm-hmm. who uh, want to uh, cause trouble, i.e., ISIS or people masquerading as ISIS. Ultimately, I think they were agents of these anti-Israel or not 100% Israel Saudi Arabian um, members of the royal family who were secretly back-channeling funds and weapons and things to Hezbollah mm-hmm. and to ISIS. Um, well, not ISIS, um, but Hezbollah, certainly, um, in places like Lebanon and in Syria, in order to, you know, stick in the back of uh, of Israel. And I think in order for Israel to take Lebanon, which is probably going to happen in the next year, they need to get rid of those those factions. And I think the main. You think late- Trump's going to jump into that though, if it does happen? Absolutely. <laughs> the United States will do whatever Israel tells them. Do you think every I'll get drafted, time. man? No. Okay. But the United States will do what Israel, Democrat or Republican, I'm doesn't matter. War. It doesn't matter. Yeah. The United States will do what Israel says every time. So will Great Britain. But Great Britain is merely the financial hub of the Israeli Empire. Uh, the United States is is its boots is its army. Yeah. Not not that not that Israel can't defend itself. Israel has as many nukes as anybody any other country in the world. Okay. Yeah. They've got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. But <laughs> billions and billions. You can't go. You can't go screw around. Yeah. Uh, in uh, in South America or in uh. In Afghanistan, if you're Israel, right? Right. Well, why do that when you can just mess with the money that's at home? Yeah. Move the pieces around. It's that simple. That being said, this is not a Jewish conspiracy. Y'all are playing checkers. I'm playing chess, nigga. This is not a Jewish conspiracy. This is a... I've been talking about... This is an Israeli conspiracy? It's an Israeli conspiracy. Yeah. It has nothing to do with... Hold on. They're all Jewish, though. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing to do with anybody's ethnicity. It has everything to do with a powerful state... Specifically, a few powerful families. Yeah, that uh, run things. We're a few powerful families, man. Uh, I don't. I don't want to be a part of a powerful family. Yeah, they expect you to do things. You know. Here, I'm watching Game of Thrones. We're watching Game of oh, Thrones. Oh God! Like, I, like, what would it be like if I was born a Lannister? You know, uh, I would be the worst Lannister. I would be Tyrion. You I know? don't know what that means, but 
you know. Anywho, um, yeah, next week we will take off. We took off last week because you were sick. Then we recorded yeah. this week. Unfortunately, we'll be taking off next week. Um, so I'll clear this thing before you leave. And then uh, if you and Colin want to do a show, I'm sure he'll listen to this one. He's more than welcome to. Okay. If he just wants to pop over here, as long as... So what you'll have to do is just turn that... I don't know why I'm saying this all on air. It's completely boring for them. You'll turn this on, and then once you hit that, and then hit it again, the solid red light is recording. And you guys, as long as you can hear yourselves, you're in the money, man. Just just uh, whatever. Hmm. Hmm. You guys can you can do the show that you've dreamed about, Matt, and that's and one it, without me. I hit me. it here? <laughs> no, the power button, you dickweed. <coughs> okay. Um. That being said... Perhaps you can look forward to that, listener. I don't know if it'll happen or we'll not. See. It's in the works. It's being talked about. We're trying to negotiate uh, Cullen's contract. It's a very complicated, messy business. He requires much more weed than Matt has on hand here at, at this premises yeah, if he's going to record here. Yeah, no one smokes that much. Actually, do you remember that? <laughs> so <laughs> I kind of want to play your audio clip. Can I do that? Oh, yeah, I suppose. I suppose. Where was it? Where was it? Where was it? Hold on. Hold on. Oh, yeah. It's called Fags. I forgot. <laughs> yeah. So we had uh, we had Matt. So Colin was saying, uh, talking to me about how much weed he smoked. And I said, Colin, you smoke too much weed. Let's get, let's ha- have the Honorable uh, Matt weigh in on this. Oh, that was me saying, because he said he was, <laughs> he couldn't remember past that. And then I said, uh, the Honorable Matthew, the Honorable, the courtroom of the Honorable Judge Matt Hume. And here's what Matt said back. All rise, all rise. Uh, the Honorable Judge Matt is in uh, session here. How's Tony? On this, uh, Colin, he smoked a joint, and then a second joint, <laughs> you shared them with other people. Each one of those, I feel, is. Uh, about a bowl. Four more bowls by yourself? You smoked six bowls <laughs> in a 24-hour period. Uh, let's just, because, uh, you know, you're a stoner, you're going to sleep for nine hours. Let's say uh, six bowls in a 15-hour period. Um, you know, that's a bowl every two and a half hours. <laughs> that's, call him. It's too much weed. That's too much weed. You need to s- smoke weed but do it, you know, after you've accomplished other shit. Like a job. Like a normal American. Uh, Colin, you need to become a Republican. If you do that, you'll, you'll want to have a job. You'll want to work 40 hours a week and come home and get super baked, just like I am now. Because you work. And you earned it. Not like a goddamn socialist. Not like a Bernie Sanders supporter. Like a Republican. That's all I have to say on the matter. Court dismissed. Uh, that was Matt's ruling on uh, the people versus Colin Williams. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. It was a good one. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. That, no, that's six bowls in one day. That's entirely too much weed. That's, that's have you ever smoked six bowls in one day? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have he emphatically replies, yeah. Those days I'm sure you have, those, yeah. Those days we you, you get paid and then you you you, you get a fresh call big, the dope man big yeah. bag and then you have the next day off. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. You smoke a lot smoke a lot of weed. You know? <laughs> yeah. But but I remember one specific time in my life when I was working at Applebee's and I was Alex. Remember Alex who worked we worked at yeah. Applebee's? Yeah. Skinny kid. Yeah. 
he was always had weed, always selling weed. You guys used used to watch Lost together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he would, but when I was catching up on Lost, I remember a couple days off I had, where he was giving me the DVDs a, se- a season at a time, mm-hmm. and I I remember one particular week in that apartment I had in Maryland Heights with mm-hmm. me and Ed Gehring, and we, well, I he didn't, but I sat in my room on my couch and watched probably 14 or 15 episodes of Lost mm-hmm. in a single day. Episodes. 40 to 42, 43 minutes. Non-commercial episodes, yeah. <laughs> For like 12 hours. <coughs> Excuse me. 12 hours straight. Just yeah. watch Lost. Gosh. You're blowing up over there, man. Will you calm down? Sorry. Um, and just smoked like constantly. Like the whole time I had a bowl going. <laughs> For like two-day period of just nothing, doing nothing but but getting out of bed, putting in the next DVD <laughs> while the credits are rolling, packing a bowl, occasionally getting up to get a snack or a, take a piss. Uh, like one weekend I did that and it was just the height of degeneracy. It's really... Like, I'm glad you're not that anymore. That's one of the things that infuriates, infuriates me about, about marijuana is that it... I've said it before and I'll say it again. The worst thing about marijuana is it makes you incredibly lazy. Mm-hmm. You do not want to actually accomplish or do the things you need to accomplish or do. You just want to get high because getting high makes everything that much better. And you can enjoy the stupid episode of South Park you've seen 14 times because you're high. (laughs) It doesn't hold any intrinsic value for you or anybody else anymore. But because you're high, you think it does. And it makes you incredibly lazy. And it makes you okay with being entertained by stupid, stupid things. Other than that, it's great. If you want to get high and say, go to your best friend's wedding. Like that's a fantastic thing to do because you've taken that awesome magical experience and you've you've, you've enhanced it. it. You've enhanced it all 20, 10, 20 percent. <laughs> and that's what thank we Yeah, we Matt walked down the things. aisle. Hi. Who did you walk with, by the way? I don't remember. I think you gave me the fat one. Uh you gave me the fat one. Do you want to do you want to narrow it down more? Like what I think there was only one fat one. Like the fat one. Well, no, because there was my wife. There was. <laughs> no, there were like three, if we're being honest. I'm guaranteeing none of them listen to this program, but there were like three. Okay. Because right. there was the one, then there was the other one, then I think like one more. I said, no, fat, there were not- three. There were three. Yeah, I know who that. I'll tell you their names off the air. Okay, I, I really don't care. I really okay. don't care. But uh, I was just curious who we had. We all with. Anyways, because of Matt's rant about Israel earlier. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is a great song. Ladies and gentlemen, enjoy our week off. Enjoy the episode that uh, Matt and Cohen might do. I don't know. But uh, have a happy Thanksgiving and a Merry Christmas. Thanks for listening, everybody out there in Audioland. Demons around all around the ring without two negative but I believe yes, I believe I said I believe. I stand among the people and be blood down on one knee. I fight with all of my might to get these demons to flee. Hashem's raised by a blaze, burn bright in I believe. Hashem's raised by a blaze, burn b
Out of darkness comes light, twilight and through the heights Crown lights burning up, or do the twilight So thank you to my God, now I finally got it right Can I fight with all of my heart and all of my soul and all of my mind and what's this feeling? My love will be for holding a ceiling I give myself to you from the essence of my being And I sing to my God, songs of love and healing I want Mishiach now, time and start to feeling What's this feeling? My love will be for holding a ceiling I give myself to you from the essence of my being And I sing to my God, songs of love and healing I want Mishiach now The legacy and reveal your soul You gotta give yourself up and then you become whole You're a slave to yourself and them don't even know Them mothers to live that fast life but your brain moves slow You can try and stay high, bounce to stay low You want God but you can't deflate your ego You're already there, then there's nowhere to go Your cup's already full, then it's bound to overflow If you're drowning in the waters and you can't stay afloat Ask Hashem for mercy, he'll throw you a rope You're looking for help from God Say he couldn't be found, searching up to the sky Looking beneath the ground this has been a production of Tripod Broadcasting.